I'm going to be talking about the potential, obviously seeming Samir campaign against Joe Budden. Um, academics calling out Takashi Six Nine saying he flopped, or the albums was weak. The Lecrae flopped, and at the very end, I'm going to be giving you guys the the top three, uh, top three or four reasons why your favorite rappers is broke. Okay, so. Again, if you're watching this live, just let me know where you're watching this from. We're going to jump right into it. Check this out. Uh, Hip Hop DX covered this article. Really interesting. Um, actually, we'll open up with this. This is, this is the source. And Joe Budden responds to Sin Santana abuse allegations. Now, I've been following uh, Joe Budden for a long time, right? I remember being in high school when Pump It Up came out. And I remember the Slaughterhouse taking, out, uh, take, taking off. I seen Slaughterhouse live in uh 2011 2012-ish maybe even 2013 at pay deuce festival i've been kind of loosely keeping up with his youtube page and the thing that's cool about joe button man is he's really one of these guys that was early to youtube he was early to the media game early to the podcast game and he really did build his own thing outside of any major label now he's been on shady Records, Interscope Records, Def Jam Records. He's been in groups. He's been a solo artist. He's had number one. Well, I don't know if Pump It Up was a number one record, but it was a pretty big record. So he's done quite a bit and kind of did it from every single angle. Recently, he's most known for kind of being a personality, media personality, and his podcast really taking off. It took off where they signed an exclusive deal with Spotify. This is two years ago. And what happened? Well, Apparently, they didn't hit some specific landmarks that they wanted them to hit despite being number one. And Spotify didn't want to bonus them out. They didn't want to give them a bigger deal. And it all culminated to them offering to give Joe a bigger deal, but in exchange for owning his podcast, not just licensing it anymore, owning his podcast and owning anything and any affiliate podcast from his co-host, Rory and the other I forgot the other guy's name but that was what that was what the situation was right and Joe Button was like "F you guys I'm not doing this I want to own my own stuff very shrewd on his part may I add I think that's a very smart move I encourage ownership for artists I encourage I encourage licensing deals so that you can have your stuff licensed uh Parks thank you Thomas White um so you can have your stuff licensed and not anyone owing you, not giving up the intellectual property. And so Joe Budden and tied this in, and a lot of us who come from the music industry, we know how this stuff works, which I'll talk about the music industry later and why your favorite artists are broke. But we know how this thing goes down. We know we know what's happening. We know what they're trying to do. Uh, they want to own the intellectual property. They want to own intellectual property. That's what it's about. Why? Because intellectual property can then be licensed out. <laughs> Other people can get the licenses for it. Other people can leverage it for advertising. So on and so forth. Joe Budden said, no, I'm not selling my intellectual property to you, Spotify. Why would I, why would I do that? So what happened? Well, they're going to not be in an exclusive deal with Spotify. By the way, this is on the heels of the Joe Rogan situation, which is really interesting. Um, Joe Rogan getting $100 million to go over to Spotify, then seemingly getting censored. He hasn't addressed it, but apparently Alex Jones said he didn't get censored. So, in light of all this, in light of all this, what happens? Well, all of a sudden, all of these allegations come out. Now, if you've been following Joe Button for a while, you know this man is off his rocker sometimes you know he's had some messy situations in the media before 
I'm talking, I've been following him for over a decade. I've heard all these stories. I've heard all these allegations. I've seen, I was watching his YouTube briefly, kind of checking in when he was with Tahiri, his first girlfriend. I remember when he was dating since Santana. I remember a lot of this stuff when it happened in real time. And they're conveniently, or so it seems, coming back into play now with these resounding allegations. Now, just to be clear, these allegations, if they're true, are awful. They're disgusting. There's some really horrible things that have been alleged. Some things that, again, if you're a fan of Joe Budden, you know that they were abusive to each other. You know that there was domestic violence in these situations on both parts. He's admitted to some of that. But the timing of this is very peculiar. The timing of this on the heels of him telling the one of the biggest media companies, the biggest audio media company, that I'm not doing business with you guys. And we have these allegations from Sin Santana and from Tahiri, both pretty much uh, uh, allegations of domestic abuse. Uh, Tahiri pump it up, physically abused her when they were together years ago. Now in a recently leaked phone conversation by uh, Budden's leaked conversation. This is re- the timing around this is really weird. Uh, former fiance Sin alleges that uh, Budden abused her as well. In a leaked phone conversation, Sin alleges that uh, Budden had chased her and dragged her. However, Budden denies he did any of the above. Really weird timing on this stuff. Like really, really weird timing. Sing to Instagram to tell me I don't play about my family and I lost definitely won't play about my son. So I think they have a son together. I could be wrong on that, right? Joe Budden comes out. He denies the allegations. He says, hey, these things are true. We did get into physical fights before, but I never did these things. And he revealed some additional details about, I guess, her Tahiri getting beat up at the club by a bouncer and getting her nose broken and then kind of making it look like he did it. Regardless of any of what happened here, if this stuff happened, if he was domestically abusive, that is awful. I, I grew up with a single mom and saw that stuff head on. It's disgusting. It's awful. No man should ever put his hands on a woman. It sounds like from me remembering this stuff happening in real time when, when this was coming out, I think he had a breakfast club interview where he got grilled for some of this stuff. It sounds like they were just toxic relationships, right? There's there's degrees to it. There's there's relationships where you have violently abusive relationships, emotionally abusive relationships. And then there's like, gosh, this guy's just a scumbag and he's a manipulator and he is abusing this woman, right? There's a there's a difference there. I don't know. I wasn't there. Based on the allegations, based on these things coming out in real time, it sounded like you have two people who are codependent, have some mental illness stuff that they're going through, a lot of substance abuse, not maybe taking their medication for their actual mental illnesses, and they're in these relationships, and those things usually turn mutually violent and abusive. And it sounds like he's owned up to some of that. It sounds like he's owned up to some of that. It sounds like he's... um, taking ownership to some of that. But it is still very telling that this stuff came out in the middle of him leaving Spotify, him saying basically F you to the man, and him, you know, wanting ownership and wanting to take ownership of this stuff. I don't know if Spotify did this or if people are kind of capitalizing in the media. Other media personalities are doing it. I think Joe came out and said that it wasn't Spotify who did this. It was other media personalities that Spotify isn't this calculated and sophisticated. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would love to hear what you guys think, though. Uh, but it, it it does drive the point home of be careful who you do business with. 
Be careful who you do partnerships with. Be careful about the stuff that's publicly out there about you. And more importantly, be careful of you being a stable human who can function in society if you're going to desire a platform and an audience, if you're going to desire to do something something public, work through your stuff. Go to therapy, get counseling. If you need to be on medication, consider taking medication, like if you're bipolar, right? Take care of yourself. Take care of your sleep. Take care of, your, take care of all these things because what you don't want to do is be in a spot where anybody ever has receipts on you and they could pull them out in a moment of seemingly weakness in a moment of transition in a moment of trying to cancel you in a moment right with old allegations this is there's there's a lesson here for all of us right that be careful what businesses you partner with because they they can get messy right be careful what businesses you burn bridges with and also be careful about your decisions and maybe neglecting your own mental health maybe neglecting your own spiritual health maybe neglecting are you being codependent? Are you not going to therapy when you know you should be? And you know what the unfortunate part is, and I'll get more more into this later, is listen, a lot of the stuff that makes people interesting entertainers and makes people interesting creatives and makes people interesting artists are the things that are the antithesis of being a stable, healthy, functioning human being. They're in, they're in opposition. So there's stuff that, boom, it may make you a great, brilliant artist, being bipolar, not taking your medication, whatever. But it makes you kind of a crappy person. It kind of positions you into being in some crappy situations. I'm not speaking specifically about Joe's situation. I'm speaking in broad generalities. The very things that make for great art oftentimes make for a crappy life. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Hit a transit. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. And academics came out calling out his boy Takashi Six Nine. I never would have thought this. Academics has been very uh, defensive of Takashi Six Nine. I think they're homies, and he basically came out with this article. And I, by the way, I hate covering Takashi Six Nine guys. I, just, I think he's the ultimate troll. Um, came out covering this article uh, from Hip Hop DX. Shout out to Hip Hop DX. Academics calls out Takashi Six Nine's Tattletales album a flop, a flop. Goodness gracious. I wish I flopped this good. <laughs> right? He called it a flop. Why did he call it a flop? Well, because there was 100,000 merch bundles that didn't get counted, which brought his sales down to 50,000 first week sales. He said, you had the number one song in the last couple months. You've done all this trolling. Going to Nipsey's Mirror. The, the, the trolling was just disgusting, by the way. Going to O-Block. Um, you're going to sell 50,000 first week, and you've been clowning other people. Now what's going on here? If you ask me, he should be selling two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, uh, two hundred, three hundred thousand copies. Okay, and then he goes on to say, "At goes on blaming lack of radio support and the fact that Takashi has burned a lot of his bridges before he went to jail." Hmm. Now with the snitching thing, it's like the cake. He's out here. Radio doesn't want to f with him, especially radio stations. Blah 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 blah. Uh, the other part of the equation, Act says, is six nine. Uh, music being left off a playlist, left off a playlist on digital services such as Tidal, Apple Music, Pandora, which he says typically accounts for 50% of streams. 50% of streams first week are happening. Why? Because of playlisting. This is wild. Now, watch what Takashi, Takashi's response. 
Earlier this month, 6ix9ine called out Spotify and Apple Music. Called them both out for not playlisting his music. Writing in a since-delayed Instagram post. The industry knows that you're a monster and you can't be stopped. They make sure they do everything in their power to make you lose. These award shows, these top car- charters, are there, be- charters? are there because they want them to be and they'll beat them in your face till you think you like them. I dropped an album today and they have completely black mis- blacklisted me. It's so no one can see it. The industry is rigged. Woo, the industry. The industry. The industry is rigged. Let's just talk about sales for a second. Brief background. Now, when you had exclusively sales of music, downloads, physical sales, primarily through iTunes, physical sales. People were coming out doing 50,000, 75,000, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, 500,000, right? Crazy. Well, what happened? Well, in 2015, Spotify, Apple Music exploded. Boom. Now, literally, what seemed like over the course of a summer almost, probably more like a year, but everybody migrated from, I'm going to buy my music through iTunes, or I'll pirate it, but people still bought music. It migrated to, now I'm going to pay 10 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month. I'm going to stream my music, and it's music on demand, an infinite amount of music on demand. Pre this transition, there was a lot of money in music. There still is a lot of money in music, but as an independent artist, there's a lot of money in music. Why? Because you could come out, sell 3,000, sell 2,000 records at a net profit of 7 to $10 an album, that's what 30 to 40 50,000 first week that's a lot of money well that shifted to 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 streaming why is that important because a stream a stream it, it pays you a third of a penny approximately maybe half a penny approximately title pays a penny approximately versus an album sale which is a dollar per song right what does that mean that means to count one sale you got to get 1500 sales one sale excuse me one sale 1,500 streams. One sale, 1,500 streams. Who made up that number? I don't know, but that's how it goes. Maybe it's because that's the equivalent revenue it generates. I'm not sure. That's a lot. If I could sell one album and make 7 to $10, now I got to sell 1,500 streams. I got to get people to consume, willfully consume my music 1,500 times. What does that mean? Well, guess who gets access to these big playlists? Gets who gets, get, gets, guess who had a bit more stock in spotify you guessed it the major labels so they can kind of finesse these streams and according to academics i haven't personally reached in this 50 percent 50 percent of first week streams are playlist editorial algorithmic that's a lot so this the, the, these dsps is what we call them apple music spotify are controlling 50 percent of that initial first week spark that's crazy so what happened well in the music industry People started bundling their merchandising. You guys remember a couple years ago, we had Travis Scott just dominating the charts. Just dominating the charts. And then and then Nicki Minaj came out with an album. She made a big fuss because she didn't get the number one album. He had the album out for like six months. And people just assumed... That's, that's the issue with a lot of this is, is popularity bias, social proof. You guys assume that whoever's at the top of the charts is the best album out. When really what was happening was Travis Scott was on tour and he was selling his merchandise. He's selling, let's just call it, I don't know, 30,000 t-shirts a week, which is not that crazy if you're in front of 
100,000 people, 150,000 people a week. He's selling 30,000 t-shirts a week. That's an additional 30,000 sales. And you bundle an album out. You give it a little small download code and boom, the album comes out. You get a little download code and they market as a album sale. It's kind of grimy. They market as an album sale, right? That's not an album sale. That's a merch sale. So... Nicki Minaj comes out, she sells some real albums because she got some real fans, and she does some of the merch bundling too, but not when you're doing, not when you're physically in front of 100,000, 200,000 people a week, you're not going to get the same number of merch sold because Travis was at the peak of his tour cycle. So she makes a big fuss of it. Later on, DJ Khaled make a big fuss of it because he couldn't count his energy drinks that he bundled up with his album, right? You're, so they're bundling and so on and so forth. So what happened? Well, Billboard came out. And, and they saw this being manipulated. And they say, listen, you cannot, you guys cannot do this anymore. You guys can't do this anymore. What does that mean? Can't do this anymore. You have to put the albums individually listed on the website. And you have to put the t-shirt individually listed on the website. They got to be a la carte. You got to be able to get one or the other. Meaning you can't trick somebody into buying an album because they came to buy the latest strap. This is how Nav charted. You guys remember Nav charted really high, sold a bunch. Well, why? Because he did these like super massive collabs with these big brands and they sold like Fear of God stuff. I don't remember the exact brands and people were going to buy the exclusive merch that was partnered with these high fashion brands and then they would add in <laughs> an album bundle. Well, they said, no, you can't do that. So what did all the artists do? What did all the labels do? They pushed all the a la carte albums to the back of the website, the individual albums, the individual downloads, the CDs, the individual t-shirts all got pushed to the back and they put the bundles to the front and they put in little small text. Hey, this is this is just, you know, you, you can get it. Uh, you're buying a digital download with this. Billboard came back again. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have to make people opt in. So they meaning that you go buy a t-shirt, it's $20 or $25. You have to opt in for the $10 album now. Billboard's tired of it. So I think in the middle of all this is where Takashi, where Takashi came out and he didn't have the playlist support. Because remember, he burnt a lot of bridges. A lot of people that don't mess with him. He got a big mouth. He burnt a lot of the Spotify support, a lot of that stuff. He can't do radio. So he can't have a number one record on radio that everybody's consuming. Like say, I don't know, like an NF or, you know, uh, John Bellion. They, they, they do really well on radio. So he can't do radio. He doesn't have any good relationships with Spotify anymore. And they just changed the daggone merch bundle system where now you have to literally go and add to cart an additional item. All of this happens in this snowstorm. And I believe Billboard completely got rid of this, this entire thing. Now, what, what, what does all this have to do with anything? Well, this is the thing. A lot of consumers are looking at social proof. You guys assume, and I made a whole video about this, but you guys assume that whatever's popular is the best. You don't assume that stuff gets finessed and becomes popular because of major label relationships, because of somebody's on tour in front of 150,000 people a week, selling 30,000 t-shirts a week, and, you know, fluctuating the numbers. You guys assume that whatever's popping is popular. Excuse me, whatever's popping, whatever's popular is good. It's just not how it works. There's a lot of great independent artists out there. They don't have the relationships as Spotify, and they do, a, and they do fine, but they're not going to touch that algorithm the same. Well, if you can't touch the algorithm the same, you're going just off of pure fans. You get a Takashi 69 doing 50,000 sales. All of his merch sales are thrown out. That's a flop. What, how is that a flop? Why is it a flop? It's a flop because... This man got like 20 million Instagram followers or 15 million Instagram followers. He's one of the biggest personalities online and he's only selling 50,000 records. 
50,000 50, streams, remember I told you one sale is 100, uh, 1,500 streams. Let's just do the math on that. Let's do one sale. What's one sale? So if you're doing 1,500 uh, for, for 50,000 is 75 million first week streams. 75 million! Remember, no playlisting. And, and, and again, he probably sold some on iTunes. Some How is that a flop? Anybody come... Listen, I do a million first week streams on my music. I'm like, yo, this is massive. It's about the social... 75 million first week streams. That's not a flop. It's a flop because we're looking at social proof, because we're trying to finesse numbers, because we're trying to, right? Like we're, we're, we're playing these silly games. And if you burn your bridges, if you burn your bridges, you're going to lose. Now check out this part. And I want you guys, I want the fans. Those of y'all that don't understand how this works, this is, this is for you guys. Consider this. Listen to what he says. He says, the industry knows that you are a monster and you can't be stopped. They make sure they do everything in their power to make you lose. That's what happened to Sakashi. Check this out. These award shows, some of the award shows, these top charters are there because they want them to be. And they'll beat them in your face till you think you like them. Now, I don't like Takashi 69 I don't like what he represents. But this is one of the realest things he's ever said. They'll beat them in your face until you think you like them. I dropped an album today and they completely blacklisted it. The industry is rigged stop believing the goofy notion that whoever is most popular is the best it, it makes the best music stop it it's goofy it's backwards it's asinine it's not how the world works it's not how the algorithm works there's a lot of independent artists out there that make amazing music dare i say music better than takashi 69 <laughs> who are not getting the same looks not because they make whack music but according to Takashi, they'll beat them in your face till you think you like them. Who's they? The DSPs. You think I'm getting on Rap Caviar with my music? No. You think independent artists are getting on Rap Caviar with their music? No. Who's getting on Rap Caviar? People who have relationships with major labels. Go through the Rap Caviar. The big, why, why, why am I bringing up Rap Caviar? It's the biggest Spotify playlist for hip-hop. Look through that playlist. How many independent artists are on that playlist? Zero. Why? Because it's rigged. Because they are they are in bed. At one point, Capital Capital and some of the other major labels had stock in Spotify. I think they've since Spotify since got that stock back and bought it back from them. But guys, this entire thing is smoke and mirrors. Okay. And if you want to pursue music, pursue music. Don't pursue the industry. If you want, if you want to, if you want to make media content art, do it. Stop trying to pursue an industry. Stop trying to pursue a scene. It's gonna let you down. It's gonna fail you. Don't do it. Okay. Don't go about it that way. It's just gonna be a massive L. So, speaking of what perceives to be massive L's, let me hit you guys with this transition. Kingstream Entertainment, Bruce Lawn, and. Lecrae comes out with an album. Lecrae comes out with an album. By the way, I know Lecrae. I'm biased towards Lecrae. I speak highly of Lecrae. Some of you guys may or may not have heard of Lecrae. Lecrae is a Christian hip-hop artist. Um, rap, Christian artist. Rap, artist who's Christian. Right? Uh, his Reach Records, uh, he came out. Album Anomaly and Gravity, they both did in the 70,000s. Now, uh, uh, Gravity was 2012. I was around Lecrae around this time. He came out with church clothes. Uh, 72,000. 
72,000 records, 2012. What was different about 2012? We just went over it in a previous segment. What was different about 2012? There was no Spotify or Apple Music. What does that mean? It means if you wanted music, you had to buy it. Physical CDs, you had to buy the digital download. That's how it worked. You feel me? So, so Lecrae's out here. He's doing numbers. He's killing it, right? He's killing it. They also, low-key, I just found out about this recently, signed a deal with Columbia in the process. So what does that mean? It means he has some more major label muscles. So he comes out with Anomaly. I believe Anomaly was his biggest debut. And Anomaly does like 85,000 records. But now Lecrae is on Hot 97. He's everywhere, right? He's on Breakfast Club. That's when you really started kind of seeing him cut through. I think that was around the same time he had his first Vlad TV interview. Boom, he's cutting through. But why is that? Well... He's on Columbia now. He got a little major label muscle, right? So they kind of raised this profile. They got him on more media outlets, more visibility. Again, because you guys think that whoever's visible and whoever's popular makes the best art, right? That's the fallacy in the consumer mindset. This is true by and large. This is so- Social proof is used in almost every form of marketing. So Lecrae comes out. He's doing great. Now, since then, his numbers have comp- consistently took a, took a drop off. But why? Well, I just told you why. Because Spotify and Apple Music, you got to get 1,500 streams to count for one album sales. To count for one album sales. So everybody's numbers have tanked unless except those who finesse this whole uh, merch bundle thing, right? And that's why artists come out with merches and drops and all that kind of stuff. Well, Lecrae, like Takashi 69 who I just talked about, kind of caught the, the back end of this thing where you're not able to sell as much merch. Not able to sell as much merch. So what, what, is this, what does this all mean? Where is this all coming to? Well, his album comes out. His album comes out and he did 10,000 records sold. 4,000 of them were pure sales, digital sales. iTunes, physical CDs, vinyl. And 6,000 of those were stream album equivalents now again let's look at them let's do the math together right those of you goofballs that say lecrae flop let's do the math together Six thousand stream six thousand sales in stream equivalents equals at at 1500 remember 1500 streams counts for one sale six thousand times 1500 is nine million streams gosh i wish i flopped like that 9 million streams, 9 million, not a million, 9 million, not 900,000, 9 million, 9 million people chose to consume Lecrae's music. And remember, Lecrae's off of Columbia. He is independent. That means he's not going to get the same look on the playlist like he used to. A 9 million album flop? A 9 million consumption album flop? Are we being serious? I wish I flopped that good in life. I wish I wish my life looked like that. I wish I did nine million streams, and that's by the way that's 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 plus the sales, nine million streams, four thousand sales. Let's just say let's just let's just be conservative. Let's just say every fan who streamed the album streamed it. I listened to it twice. Let's just say every fan streamed the album three times. Should we say three times or five times? Let's just say five. Let's be general. I didn't listen to it five times. But there's people that probably listen to it once. People that listen to it five. So nine million divided by divided by five is, ladies and gentlemen, let's see. Let's get the camera to focus. 1.8 million plus, plus 4,000 physical digital CD vinyl streams. It's over. You know what you said? One million? 
One million first week was platinum. So Lecrae had over a million people consume his music. And some of us have the nerve to call it a flop. I'm doing these numbers in real time. I could be wrong on some of them. I could look up Lecrae's actual Spotify streams if you guys want me to. But there was, there was a lot. There was a lot. Let me see if I could pull it up real quick. Let me pull it up. I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. And, uh, and I'll show you guys my numbers in comparison to Lecrae. Okay? I'll show you guys my numbers in comparison to Lecrae. You guys are going to laugh when you can see my numbers. <laughs> but it's all good. I ain't, Listen, I ain't, got no, I, I ain't got nothing to hide. I got nothing to hide. Right? So let's look it up. Let's see if we could actually do it. Uh, this is a, a Spotify for Artists. Show you guys. This is my Spotify for artists. I have a hundred thousand monthly listeners. It's pretty good, right? Um, and let's go to streams. Now, this is my. I had this real weird peak uh, August twenty nineteenth, where I had um, twenty thousand streams in one day, which is which is good for me. Now, let's let's compare me to Lecrae. You guys ready for this? You guys ready for this? <laughs> this is me. <laughs> this is little old Ruslan, right? And that's Lecrae. So Lecrae, first week, first day. This is days, by the way. First day, you guys see that number right there? It's 1.3 million. He did in the ballpark of 1.3 million streams first day. That's first day, right? And then second day, he's still up there, probably close to 750,000. Then let's go down. Then the lowest, he, now look at where he was at before the album. So let's just call it 250,000 streams a day. He jumps up way up there. That's a lot. That's a lot. Now, Let's go to listeners, okay? Lecrae's daily listeners are in the 140... This is just Spotify, by the way. 140, 150,000. My daily listeners are in the 73,000. I'm doing well, by the way, for an independent artist with no mainstream exposure. I'm doing fairly well. Lecrae is, let's just call it 150,000. The day the album comes out, quarter of a million people consume it the first day. The first day. And then the second day, it's still about a quarter of a million and then it, it, it kind of tapers off. And he's consistently had north of 200,000 people consume his music every day. On Spotify alone. This is Spotify alone, guys. This is Spotify alone. Okay? So, it's fair to assume my man probably has a million people consuming his, his music. A million. How is that a flop? What are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? How is that a flop? How is that a flop? That's That's massive. You don't have a major label behind you. You're not on radio, which I'm pretty sure he's not. And he's doing, and he's reaching a million people? A million people? I don't know, man. I don't know. That don't sound like much of a flop to me. That don't sound like much of a flop to me. That sounds like he's doing just fine. Maybe he's not making the same money he was when he was doing 80000 at a net profit of $7 an album. Right, eighty. This is eighty thousand times seven. That's good money. That's good first week money. Maybe he's not doing the same money, but he's reaching more people. That's the beauty of Spotify, by the way. That's the beauty of. And by the way, speaking of reaching more people, man, if you guys enjoyed this, like, subscribe, turn the bell notification on. Here's why: I'm an independent artist, and you know what? I was joking yesterday on a stream. You guys, I've never gotten a trophy. I came up in an age where we didn't have participation, uh, participation trophies, uh, participation awards. I didn't get any of that. My son's younger now. He's getting that. I never got a trophy. So I'm trying to get a trophy from YouTube. I'm trying to get to 100,000 subscribers. If you guys want to see me do that, share this video, 
you know, hit the subscribe button. Help your boy get his first trophy. I'm 35 for crying out loud. Never got a trophy in my life. Never won a championship. Never had a trophy. I think I won one. Uh, I think I won one trophy in a contest, and the homie Zoe, and the homie Zoe took it, and I never got it. We did a, a, a talent show, and he took it, and I never got it. So anyway, let me hit the transition on you guys. We're going to cover this last topic. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. All right. Why your favorite rapper is broke. You guys are like, what? My favorite rapper is broke. Now, if I'm your favorite rapper, by the way, I'm not broke. But I'm actually, it's been a good year for me. But that's neither here nor there. Why your favorite rapper is broke. You guys hear these stories all the time. You guys see them in the media. You guys, you guys hear about people who are um, coming out. They're famous. And then, you know, later down the road, you find out they weren't doing as good as they were, you thought they were doing. I'm going to give you guys the mechanics of it. I'm going to explain to you how the major label system works and how it positions artists to be broke. Um, I'm going to go over all of it, and this should empower you. This should really empower you, okay? So we know this happens. We know this happens with major label artists, independent artists. We have people who do uh, athletes, right, entertainers. People go broke all the time. And I'm going to give you guys a breakdown of how this happens and why this happens. But I'm going to give it to you in a different way. I'm going to give it to you in a different way. I'm going to point back to some ancient wisdom that a lot of people have overlooked and give you guys why this is. Now, the first reason, the first reason is, by and large, artists who get popping and get signed to major labels, by and large, end up doing it when they're younger. What does that mean? That means that if you look at the average life of anybody, any other industry, any musician, any ath, any any not not excuse me, non-musician, non-athlete, just just look at somebody that works a job, look at somebody that's an engineer, look at somebody that's an entrepreneur. Your income goes up as you get older, meaning that you don't make a ton of money from 18 to 22, from 22 to 25, a lot of people's income doubles and then it kind of keeps doubling and by the time you're in your 40s and your 50s, that's when your peak income is for the majority of people who work normal jobs. What does that mean? Well, that means that you're also more mature. You also know how to handle it. You also are a bit more equipped. You've, you've lived life a little bit. Maybe you have some more responsibilities. Maybe you got a family. You can't just be reckless with your money. Well, when you're an artist, when you're an athlete, what happens? You make the lion's share of your life's income. Think about this for a minute. You make the lion's share of your life's income earlier in the process and you eventually fizzle out meaning that you're not the new artist anymore you're not the fresh athlete anymore your your worth kind of fizzles out right and that's not good that's not good so i'm going to read you guys something and don't don't be alarmed but it's from a it's from proverbs one of my favorite books proverbs written by the wisest man who's ever lived proverbs 2021 says an inheritance claimed too soon will not be blessed at the end Okay, an inheritance claimed too soon will not be blessed in the end. I'm going to read you guys a different translation. There's, there's multiple translations of this um, from just different, different ways. Uh, I'll read you guys the New Living Translation. A large gift received at one time in a hurry will not be good in the end. A large gift received at one time in a hurry will not be good in the end. Let's let's see. Let's let's, let's read a couple different translations of this. I, I really want this to stick with you guys cuz so many of us are trying to get rich overnight. So many of us are looking at these entertainers and these artists and we're thinking that man, they're living the good life and they're not. Okay? An inheritance gained hastily in the beginning will not be a blessing in the end. If you make the lion's share of your life's money when you're the least equipped and mature to handle it, 
it's not a blessing in the end. This is true for people who win the lottery. This is true for people who blow up as rappers, blow up as athletes. You're not equipped to handle it. Why? Because you're just young, right? And this is speaking about an inheritance, but I would say give a, 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 a 20-year-old a million dollars, he's not going to know how to handle that. Give a 30-year-old a million dollars, a 40-year-old a million dollars, he's going to know how to handle that better. So don't, don't desire for your... Your, your, your lion's share of your life's income to come to you early, come to you instantly, odds are you're going to ruin it. Odds are you're going to just completely, you're going to lose it, right? And that's how it happens with entertainers. A lot of your favorite rappers got their favorite, got their big bag early on. They weren't equipped to handle it. And what happened? It ruined them, okay? Um, let's look up another one, okay? The second reason, the second reason, the second reason why your favorite artist is broke. Your favorite artist, and this is this is by. I'm this is not coming at anybody in specifically. Okay, this is by and large all all different sections, all different pockets. Right. The second reason is perpetually pleasure chasing, perpetually pleasure chasing, access to excess. When you have the money and you have this thing inside of you that needs to be filled, you're trying to fill this void. You're trying to get your dopamine levels right. Access to excess will ruin you. It'll ruin you. And a lot of people who are younger or not equipped to handle money or have immediate access to excess end up ruining their lives because why? Because they're not equipped to handle it and they're perpetually pleasure chasing. And this could be applied. This idea we have to be careful of um, because we all should be mindful of this because your phone could be access to excess. If you struggle with sexual immorality and then boom, now you can get it on a Tinder app and hook up whenever you want to, right? Or you can look up porn. It's the same ideas, access to excess, right? Check this out. Whoever loves pleasure will become what? Poor. There's a correlation here, guys. Whoever loves pleasure will become poor. Whoever loves wine and olive oil will never be rich. Another translation of that, it says luxury, luxury. Whoever loves pleasure, why do, why do, there's nothing wrong with pleasure, by the way, right? No, there's, not, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with pleasure. God created us to enjoy food, to enjoy our friends and family, to enjoy sex, right? Our bodies are wired to enjoy, that's why we have taste, that's why we have smell. There's nothing wrong with pleasure, right? It's when you perpetually pleasure chase and you love pleasure and you make that your main priority, right? If you make your priority in life, how can I gratify myself as much as possible? I can, how can I eat as much cake? How can I eat as much, um, eat as much cake? How can I eat as much junk food? How can, I, how can I have as much sex as possible? How can I, right? Just, if I'm just consumed with pleasure, if I'm just consumed with pleasure, you will be ruined. Uh, I'll read you another translation of this. Uh, let's see. I think it's the... There's another one. The reason why it says olive oil, and I want to find this translation, because olive oil was attached to luxury. Okay? So, um, olive oil is attached to luxury, and so you are, you're into the nicer things. Right? You're into the nicer things. So, I'll read this translation to you. Uh, it's the New Living Translation. Here. Proverbs 21, 17. It says it this way, those who love pleasure will become poor. Those who love wine and luxury 
will never be rich. Luxury. Are there things in your life that you kind of you kind of want the luxury, right? You kind of love you kind of love the nicer things, right? You find your value in in that Gucci that Gucci belt. You find your and there's nothing again, there's nothing wrong with Gucci or Louis or Jordan or Yeezy or whatever, but your identity and your value is attached to those things. You love luxury. You love luxury. You got to be careful with that. You got to be very 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 careful with that because It'll make you poor, according to Proverbs, right? So perpetually pleasure chasing, perpetually perpetually wanting pleasure through wine, through alcohol, through sex, through luxury goods, it, it, it will ruin you, okay? So that's the second reason. So the first reason is um, you get too much money too soon. You don't know how to handle it. The second, the, That's the first one. The second one is perpetually pleasure chasing, trying to find pleasure, right? Trying to find pleasure. The third one is, the third one is, um, and this is going to be interesting, but it's kind of attached, is advances. The way major label advances work are crazy. And a lot of cats who get signed to major labels, rappers, they get in advance. What does that mean? You get $100,000. Let's just call it $100,000. They don't even give out that much anymore, but let's give you $100,000. They own the master. They usually try to negotiate some degree of publishing, but boom, you get a big back. That seems like a lot of money. It's not a lot of money, right? I've seen seen people blow through sixty, seventy thousand 70000 in six months. Quick, right? So, boom, you get $100,000. You're like, wow, this is $100,000. This is so much money. Oh, my gosh. It's so much money. Oh, my gosh. Right? It's not a lot of money. But what happens is the label owns the master. What, what does that mean? They, that means they, can, they, get to, they own that intellectual property. If you're lucky, you got some, you got some of your uh, publishing life. Now, $100,000, that's a lot of money. It's not really a lot of money. But check this out. That $100,000 is recoupable, meaning the label needs to make their money back first. What does that mean? That means that you recoup to the label off of your percentage if you're lucky one of the best deals you can get is a 25 percent royalty split seldom does a major label give out that much it's usually in the 15 to 20 percent but let's just call it let's just call it 20 percent which is a lot right that means in order for you to pay back that hundred thousand dollar advance and we're not going to talk about recording costs we're not going to talk about music videos we're not going to talk about mastering mixing marketing we're just going to talk about that hundred thousand dollars okay for you to pay back that $100,000, you have to generate, because you can only pay back from your little slither of your 20%, right? You have to generate the label $500,000. So remember, you're only paying back from your 20%. So you got $100,000. Now you got to pay back that. And the first $100,000, the first $500,000 comes in. Half a million dollars comes in. You don't get any money off that. There's no back end off that. They control the accounting, by the way. So they can kind of finesse and smudge some of these numbers. You start paying for sessions you didn't know you had. You start paying for sessions that right, boom. And so you 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 got a hundred you got a hundred bands. You didn't put the album out for a year later, so that hundred bands has to last you. And you gotta you gotta go out and yeah, shout out to Will Purdue. You gotta also go out and go on tour, right? Which they used to not be able to touch that, but now that money is getting eaten up as well. They want a percentage of that. But let's just say now the label made now mind you the label made four hundred thousand. It took the it took you generating five hundred thousand in revenue to pay back that hundred thousand dollars. This is the goofiest business system ever. It doesn't make any sense. I don't think any industry fun- functions this way where you have to pay them back only from your slither of your advance. Now, when I work with my artist, if I spend ten thousand dollars on a record, the first ten thousand dollars that comes in, I've paid myself back. Right? Together, we 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 recoup together. If they don't have to make twenty thousand dollars to pay me back ten thousand dollars. You guys see how goofy that is? This is a system that positions the artist to remain in debt indefinitely to their labels. 
It's a loan. It's 100% a loan. And check out what the Proverbs say. Proverbs 22, 7. The rich, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is what? Mm, slave to the lender. Slave to the lender. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Heesh. And that's an awful interest rate, by the way. It's a terrible interest rate. So, Third reason why your favorite artist is broke is because they're in debt, <laughs> right? They're in debt. And guess what? The justification used to be, oh, I'll just go on tour and I'll make my money on tour. I'm not even looking to get any money after my advance. Okay, cool. So they're not even caring about it, right? Just like, I'm going to get in. I'm going to get on. I'm going to get my bag. Boom. Then I'll go make my money on tour. Now, they take a percentage of that. It's called a 360 deal. Now, COVID hit. Ain't nobody touring. Touring shut down. Possibly until 2021. There's no festivals. There's no bags on tour. <laughs> That's why your favorite artist is broke. That's why it's better to be independent. That's why it's better to own your own mastering. Would you rather have 10% of a million dollars and have the headache that comes along with being on a label and all these people telling you what you can and can't do and all the fame and all the Instagram temptation and the DMs? Would you rather have 10% of a million dollars? Or would you rather have 100% in ownership of $100,000 that you could potentially take and flip into a million dollars in 10 years from now? I'll take the 100%. I'll have the smaller profile. I'll work a little harder. I'll be a small business. And I'd rather own it because I could pass that publishing down. I could pass those masters down to my kids. Think about these things. Think about, especially in the light of my first two points. Now, the last one, and then I'm going to get out of here. Uh, the reason, The last reason why your favorite artists are broke is they got lucky, right? They, they got lucky. They don't really understand what got them to where they're at. But the last reason is because they're lazy. They lack discipline. They have no self-control. They did a couple records. They got a little bit of buzz. They got a little bit of clout, but they don't really understand what it takes to sustain that. They don't really understand what it takes to recreate that. They don't really understand how much work you truly have to put in, how hard it is to really be on tour, how hard it is to consistently keep making music when you don't feel like it, when you don't feel inspired. How many times have you heard this? I'm just not inspired. Mm -mm. That's why you got to stop approaching your art and your music like art and start approaching it like it's a media company. Start approaching it like it's a media company. So I'll read you guys this last Last word, Proverbs 10.4. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. A lot of your favorite artists, a lot of your favorite artists aren't diligent. A lot of your favorite rappers aren't diligent. So when you take the first three, they get a, they get a, they get a bag early. They get a massive bag early. Okay? Then... They're perpetually pleasure-seeking. They probably have some unchecked trauma. They probably never went to therapy. They probably didn't. They, 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 maybe they have some degree of mental illness. They're not dealing with it. So, boom, they have some, some of that, right? Perpetually pleasure-chasing. And they're in debt. They're in debt to that label. They have to generate 500000 to pay back 100000 Imagine if you spent a million dollars on a record. The mixing, the mass. That's usually what a record costs to really launch on that pop star le le level. About a million dollars. Music videos, mixing, mastering, studio sessions. Studio sessions are $1,500 a day, fam. Because now you're tricked. I'm signed. I got to be in the nice studio. I got to be with the good producers. I can't get the homies to make me the beats. I got to da 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 
million dollars. You got to make five million to pay back that million. No one ever pays that back. You're in debt forever. And they and they carry that over to the next album, right? And then you're in the midst of all this. You're already not in a healthy place. Now you're probably doing more drugs. You're probably kind of you know hoeing around. And I'm speaking and I'm speaking to, to male artists. It's not a shot at females. <laughs> and you don't have the the grind and the work ethic to sustain yourself long term. You don't have the focus. You don't understand how much it takes. Not just to make music. That's the easy part, fam. The big picture. The What's the marketing? Dropping consistent visuals, being active on social media, being friendly, being likable, not burning bridges, all the things all the things they just did, right? Child support can be attached to perpetually pleasure chasing, by the way. That's a great point. Child support, perpetually pleasure chasing, have a bunch of different kids with a bunch of different women. Now you got to pay all them women. What do we just see? Dr. Dre's ex-wife or the one he's going through, she wants $2 million a year for spousal support, right? It's not even child support, just spousal support, perpetually ple- pleasure chasing, right? Groupie child support, yeah. Shout out to you, uh, W. Juden. So you guys see how it all connects. You got, you guys see why your favorite rappers, a lot of them are broke, by the way. A lot of them, that's not their real money. Sometimes it's literally fake money they're stunting with. Those aren't real chains, right? Those aren't their houses. They don't own those houses outright. Those are leases. Those are Airbnbs. Guys, be careful what you desire. Be careful what you desire. Um, you don't know what's on the other side, and a lot of stuff looks cool and it looks sexy, but it's not. It's not. So. Uh, hey, if you uh, if you found this video enjoyable, do hit do hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, turn the notification on. I, I'm putting to, I got a video how to get rich without getting lucky. I want you guys to go watch that. It'll be in the description. You can search it up. Um, it'll be over here if you're watching the replay of this. How to get rich without getting lucky. I got a video. It's me responding, reacting to Grand Stefan and Naval. Everybody should go watch that video. If you just search my name, Ruslan, How to Get Rich Without Lucky, go watch that video right now. It'll help you out a ton. Dig away a little deeper and start thinking a bit differently. Even if you're not an artist and you're not a rapper, I want you guys to think a bit differently on how to do this. And I'll put it over here on the replay. Again, Ruslan, How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky. It's me responding to Grand Stefan and Naval. It'll introduce you to some just just different ways of thinking about money, about artistry, about business. I want you guys to all go check that out. Thank you guys so much. Hit that, hit that, hit that subscribe button. Help your boy get his first trophy. All right. Love you guys. Peace.